Okay, hello everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you had a good week this week. I am back at work again after a really good weekend in Sicily. So I spent the weekend at a really nice hotel there, just kind of relaxing in in the sun, in the swimming pool. Um, We rented a car one day and drove to the beach, which which was really, really nice. So it was a great weekend, but I'm back at work now feeling refreshed and ready to go again. So let's get on to um, today's topic. And last time we were speaking about becoming a digital nomad. And today we're going to move on to choosing a destination as a digital nomad. So it's something that I think requires a little bit more thought than just choosing a place to go on holiday. So we're going to get into that one today and break that down. Okay, so here we go. So what do you look for when choosing a travel destination? Some people are thrill seekers and they crave adventure. Some people admire history and culture and other people are sun chasers who use their holiday time to take some well-earned rest in the sun like I did at the weekend. But for me, most of the time, I'm like most people and I enjoy a little bit of everything every now and then. But when choosing a location as a digital nomad, I think there are a lot more things to consider. And today we're going to break down the biggest factors that have affected my decisions in terms of destinations so far. Number one then, the first factor is work. And as I constantly try to remind myself, the work aspect of being a digital nomad must be as important, if not more important than the travel. You know, it's when you travel to different destinations, it's really easy to, to want to have a long holiday. But if you're a digital nomad, you have to remember that you need to work as well, of course. So as a bare minimum, you need to have an environment in which you can work practically and a way of accessing the equipment and the resources that you need. You might also need to work out some complicated logistics and work across different time zones as well. So for me, as an online tutor, I need to have perfect Wi-Fi. So for me, perfect Wi-Fi and a quiet place to work are prerequisites. I can't risk like affecting the quality of my lessons if the Wi-Fi is poor. And for me, I can't just go to a cafe to do my class if the internet is playing up. So I always check the reviews of the accommodation before I book to find out the Wi-Fi speed. Um, For me, equipment is really, really easy. I just need my laptop and some headphones. But for my girlfriend, for Michelle, it's a it's a bigger problem. Um, she works in social media and she has a lot of cameras that she needs to use. They're really heavy. So we need to think about the restrictions, the weight restrictions on luggage when we book flights. And to be honest, she's quite lucky because most of her stuff goes in my case anyway, and I'm limited to just a few clothes. So we make that work. Logistics and time zones do throw a spanner in the works for us, for me. My students have scheduled classes 
and I can't change those every time that I change time zone. So I have to change my, my working hours instead. That means when I'm in Europe, I work kind of standard 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. But when I'm in Asia, that changes a lot. So in Vietnam, I was working from 2 p.m. in the afternoon and finishing at 10 p.m. When I was in Taiwan, it was even later, so 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. But actually, I've really enjoyed having that variety in my schedule, so it works okay. For Michelle, she works with a lot of fashion brands, mostly based in Europe, and she has to receive parcels from them very often. It can be really difficult to organise the delivery of parcels outside of Europe, so we have to spend most of our time in Europe. But we work around this by traveling to Asia or, you know, outside of Europe when Michelle is not so busy. Um, so I think when it comes to work, uh, I'm learning more and more that as a digital nomad, sometimes you need to compromise. You know, your dream destination might be an incredible place, but is it going to work for you with your work? So you might need to compromise and choose somewhere that is you know, an interesting place, but also you will be able to work from there as well. Sometimes this can be a headache, but it's usually worth it. Okay, that is the work aspect then, a really, really big consideration when choosing a destination. The second consideration for me is the cost. So, you know, we would all love to be living in kind of luxury apartments, maybe in LA or some kind of fancy destination. But to be honest, it's not always possible. But that's okay because it means you can stay in that destination for a longer time, you know. Again, it's not just a short holiday, you're, you're living in that destination. For myself and Michelle, usually we, we don't organize our trips very far in advance. We, we like to get closer to the time we don't like to plan everything when we when we travel but as digital nomads we're finding that that is very very difficult to do and if you want to manage the costs of the travel you need to plan a little bit in advance um you know most people and particularly to be honest when it comes to planning and saving money flights and planning the flights in advance is a big thing most people if they travel you know across the world let's say from the uk to australia they're going to break the bank if they do that uh, very often a lot of times per year um, so we need to we've thought a lot about how to plan our flights and, and where we're going to travel at what time so when we started this journey in october last year we knew that we would be flying back to the uk for christmas you know just three months later so we chose Mallorca as the first destination, partly because it was very easy to find cheap return flights. We knew we wouldn't be traveling anywhere after Mallorca, so we were looking for somewhere we could fly to very easily and very cheaply from the UK. Um, after Christmas, we flew to Taiwan to spend the Lunar New Year with Michelle's family. Um, we had to do that we we didn't well we had a choice but we knew that's what we wanted to do so that was that was an expensive flight but it was always one we would do so it, it didn't really matter 
but uh, we knew that for Michelle's job we would have to come back to Europe in April. So we used Skyscanner to find a route that would you know, make it a little bit cheaper to get back to Europe from Taiwan while also visiting some different countries in Asia. So we flew from Taiwan to Vietnam and then from Vietnam to Sri Lanka and then from Sri Lanka to Italy. And these three flights actually cost less than the one flight from the UK to Taiwan. So if you're good at using Skyscanner and you can plan in advance a little bit, you can save yourself a lot of money on, on flights. And it's not only the flights, of course, you need to consider the cost of living in your destination as well. So for some people, they might have North America, Western Europe, maybe Scandinavia, really high on their bucket list. But the cost of living in these locations might be quite off-putting. Um, for us, one of our big motivations for, for doing this is to save more money than we did living in the UK. And up until now, you know, we're about six or seven months into our journey and we're doing that. We're living pretty comfortably, having some amazing experiences and saving more money than, than we did in the UK. So in my opinion, you know, again, it's about compromise. You can go to some great places, but there are some really affordable choices in Asia, Eastern Europe. Um, I've never been to South America or Central America but I've heard great things about these places too, and we want to go there in the future, definitely. Okay, the, the third uh, consideration that I'm gonna talk about today is maybe one that people don't think about so often when they, when they plan a long trip. It's family and friends. Okay, so for a lot of people, maybe a big motivation for them becoming digital nomads is to, you know, to get half a world away from their annoying family, you know, to get away from them. But to be honest, the reality can be a shock at times. Um, I'm no stranger to spending time away from my family. I've experienced this before. Um, I lived in China for four years in my early 20s. But I have to say that being a digital nomad is, is different. It, it can be a lonely experience at times. And I'm really learning how important it is to have some social interaction as well. So. The first few locations um, we chose to give us the opportunity to spend time with our family at Christmas and Lunar New Year, as, as I've already talked about. And we've planned the rest of our trip a little bit around family and friends as well. So Mallorca, as I said, it was easy to get back to the UK for Christmas, but also Michelle has a really good friend there and they do the same job. So. They were, you know, hanging out a lot together, working together, spending time together. Um, I have a really, really good friend in Taiwan and I really enjoyed hanging out with him when, when I was there. Um, and we've planned, you know, for family and friends to be able to visit us in different locations through the year as well. We booked some bigger apartments so that family and friends could come and stay with us. So many people might not think about this factor when they book a trip, but it's definitely worth thinking about. It's an important one. As a digital nomad, it can be easy to, to feel isolated sometimes when you live and work in a new country. So sometimes it's really important to see a nice friendly face as well. Okay, so these are the three 
main considerations for me so far. So it's the, what was the first one? I forgot. It's work. <laughs> Work's the first one. And then second, it's the cost. And third is the family and friends. Of course, I think there are many, many other factors, you know, and each person will be different. You know, some people might think about how easy it is to book the accommodation, the safety of the, the destination, visas. You know, if you can't get a visa, then it's kind of impossible to, to visit a country, isn't it? You might think about food. If there's anything you can't eat, it might be difficult in, in some destinations. The weather, of course, that's a big one for me as well. Medication and health risks, many, many other things to think about. Um, but, and when you think about all of the considerations out there, it can be difficult to find the perfect destination at times. But that shouldn't mean that you can't do it. Again, I use that word again, compromise. You need to be ready to compromise on your destination and adapt a little bit. Um, it can be difficult sometimes, but there is definitely always a way to do it. And we're definitely finding that as we go on. Okay, everyone, well done for, for making it this far. I think that was quite a long one with some really difficult phrases as well. So if you got through to the end of that and you understood most of it, well done, well done, it was not easy. So let's think about the question that I set at the start then. Did you get the answer for that? Um, in my opinion, what are the three biggest considerations when choosing a destination as a digital nomad? And for extra points, what were the reasons that I gave? So of course, the first one was work. And I talked about how it's really important to remember that work is important. You're not just traveling. Um, I talked about how it's important to be able to have access to the things you need for your work. So a quiet place, equipment, things like that. And I talked about the difficulties with organizing logistics and time zones and those things too. The second one was costs. And I talked about how you need to plan in advance to keep the costs of the flights down and also to think about the cost of living in your potential destination as well. And the third one, a little bit of a surprise, I think for some people, it was family and friends. And I talked about how it can be quite lonely sometimes as a digital nomad. So having a chance to see your family and your friends in maybe in your travel location or being able to go home for a little bit is, is really important in my opinion as well. So well done if you got the answers for those questions. But let's have a look at some of the vocabulary in more detail. So there was some tough vocabulary in there, but some really, really useful phrases as well. So let's get into that a little bit now then. So at the beginning of the recording, I talked about different types of travelers. And I said, some people are thrill seekers who crave adventure. Some admire history and culture, while others are sun chasers who like to take a well-earned rest in the sun. Let's focus on two pieces of vocabulary there then. So thrill seekers and sun chasers. Okay, what's a thrill seeker? So a thrill seeker is somebody who looks for excitement and adventure on their holiday. So they like to do maybe some dangerous activities like skydiving or I don't know, some kind of crazy mountain climbing. 
These people are thrill seekers. How about sun chasers? I think that one's quite clear. It's people who like to go somewhere warm and sunny. Probably like to relax on their holiday. So do some sunbathing, swimming on the pool, in the pool, sorry. A little bit like me last weekend, I think. Okay, I said that I'm like most people and I like a little bit of everything every now and then. How much is that? If I say every now and then, how much is that? It just means sometimes, okay, or occasionally. So every now and then I'm a sun chaser, every now and then I'm a thrill seeker, all right? Sometimes. Okay, moving on, I was talking about work and how important work is, and I said this. So as a bare minimum, a bare minimum, you need to have an environment in which you can work practically and a way of accessing the equipment and resources you need. And you might also need to think about complicated logistics and work across different time zones. Okay, let's track back to that word, or that phrase, bare minimum, a bare minimum. Okay, so for me, as a bare minimum, I need to have a quiet space with perfect Wi-Fi. So my smallest, my most basic requirement is a quiet place. So as a bare minimum, I need a quiet place. A bare minimum or the bare minimum is the smallest amount that you can accept or the least that you can accept. Okay, bare minimum. I talked about logistics and working across different time zones. Okay, what is logistics? It means making sure that people or things are in the right place at the right time and organizing that. I talked later about how my girlfriend Michelle um, has to receive parcels from brands from Europe. So logistics for her is very important because we have to organize sending those parcels to the right places at the right time. Okay, so logistics. Staying with this topic, so talking about work, I said that as an online tutor, having perfect Wi-Fi and a quiet base is a prerequisite for me. Very difficult word here, prerequisite. Okay, a prerequisite is something that must happen for another thing to happen later, okay? So if I don't have perfect Wi-Fi and a quiet base, then I can't work. Okay, so a prerequisite of working is that I have perfect Wi-Fi and a quiet base. We could say that if we want to travel, we can't travel without a passport, right? So a passport or having a passport is a prerequisite of traveling to another country. Okay, we'll stick with this topic a little bit more. Um, I continued by saying that I, I need perfect Wi-Fi because I can't risk the quality of my lessons with a poor connection. Um, if my internet in the accommodation starts playing up, playing up, I can't just go to a, uh, a cafe. So I always check the accommodation reviews to make sure that the Wi-Fi is good. So what do I mean when I say the, uh, the Wi-Fi starts playing up then? Okay, good phrasal verb here, play up. It means when we use it with technology, it means that the technology is not working properly and it's causing a few problems. We could say, oh, my laptop is playing up this morning. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe I need to do an update or something. So technology can play up. Another thing that can play up, 
another person is children. Okay, so when children play up, they're not behaving well, or not behaving properly. They're being a little bit naughty. Okay, so maybe we could say, oh my, I took my daughter to the park this morning, but she was playing up. So I had to bring her home. Okay, play up, really good phrasal verb. Use it with technology and children usually. Okay, um, a couple more things on the work aspect then. So I, I talked a little bit about um, logistics and time zones and I mentioned that they can throw a spanner in the works sometimes, throw a spanner in the works. Okay, here's an idiom for you. Firstly, a spanner, it's, but actually, when we think about idioms, it's always good to visualize them as a real life situation. And that can help us to, to kind of understand the meaning. A spanner is used for fixing things. Okay, if you're watching this, you can see me, I'm doing some kind of action now. If you want to tighten a screw or a nut, you use a spanner to turn it. Okay, now imagine that you throw a spanner into a machine, that machine is going to break down or it's going to have some problems. Okay, so how can we use this in an idiomatic way then? So when we throw a spanner in the works, it's something that happens that maybe will make a plan difficult or will complicate a plan. Okay, so think about my situation. Maybe I find a perfect destination, great weather, great food. I can work perfectly, has really good Wi-Fi, but the time zone is very difficult. Okay, the time zone will throw a spanner in the works. It will complicate the plan, make the plan more difficult. Okay, throw a spanner in the works. Okay, so that was the, the work part pretty much finished off. Let's move on then and next was the, the costs. Um, I was talking about the importance of planning ahead to save money and I was talking about flights and I mentioned that most people would break the bank if they flew across the world every few months. Okay, they would break the bank. Again, I think we can guess the meaning of this phrase. So if you break the bank, it means you spend a really, really large amount of money. Okay, so break the bank. Um, yeah, and I talked uh, about how we planned our, our flights. So I mentioned that we use Skyscanner to find cheap flights to break up the journey. I guess a lot of people listening will be familiar with Skyscanner as well. It's an app that you can use to, to help you book flights and find good flight deals. So that app is Skyscanner. Okay, and then finally I was talking, finally in the costs section, I was talking about uh, considering the cost of living in the destination. So I said that North America, Western Europe or Scandinavia might be high on your bucket list but the steep cost of living in these locations may be off-putting, off-putting. Let's go back a little bit to that word bucket list. Okay. I think a lot of people will know this one. A bucket list is a list of things that you want to do in your life. Very often it's related to travel. So Scandinavia might be high on your bucket list meaning that Scandinavia is a place that you really want to go to in your life. And I said that, that in North America, Western Europe or Scandinavia, the, the high cost of living might be off-putting, off-putting. Okay, so what does it mean if something is off-putting? 
Okay, when something is off-putting, it makes you not want to do that thing or not like that thing. Okay, so Scandinavia, beautiful place, right? Lovely mountains, great scenery, really, really nice people, but a high cost of living, that's a little bit off-putting. It makes me not want to go there. We could use this with food maybe as well. So for example, we're having dinner and somebody's eating very loudly, okay? That might be off-putting. It might make you not want to eat. I know in a lot of places that's not a problem, so it's not the same for everybody, but yeah, off-putting. Okay, that was the costs part. And finally then we were moving on to family and friends. Um, and I said that this could be a surprise for some people because for some people, the idea of being half a world away, half a world away from annoying family members sounds really, really good. Okay, so, and again, I think this one explains itself. So half a world away, it means very, very far away from somebody, half a world away. Okay, um, but I said that that is not always true and it can be lonely sometimes. I went on to say that we planned our first few locations to give us the opportunity to spend time with, uh, with family and friends. And I mentioned that a big reason for choosing Mallorca was that Michelle has a friend there who, she, who does the same job, who she worked with and was hanging out with a lot. And I also mentioned that I have a good friend in Taiwan who I really enjoy hanging out with as well. I used this phrase a couple of times, hang out, hang out with. So what does it mean to hang out? Again, another good phrasal verb. So to hang out just means to spend time with somebody, not really doing anything specific, okay? Just spending time in an informal way. So we hang out with our friends at the weekend, something like that, okay? The reason I said family and friends is an important factor is because it's easy to become isolated as a digital nomad. So it's really important to see a friendly face sometimes. Okay, it's easy to feel isolated, isolated. That means it's easy to feel a little bit trapped, like you're alone and very far away from other people. So when you feel isolated, you feel like you're alone and there's nobody near you, nobody around you to help. So it's important to see a friendly face sometimes, a friendly face. Really nice one, a friendly face is just somebody you know, somebody you like, somebody you're familiar with, okay? So as digital nomads, don't forget, it's really important to see a friendly face sometimes. Okay guys, I hope you enjoyed that one. It was a difficult one. I hope you found it useful. Remember, you can check out the blog on the website as well to go through these phrases in a little bit more detail and also test yourself with them. So practice using them, practice matching them with definitions and putting them in sentences as well. So the website is www.ing2.com. It's eng-tu.com. Okay, I hope you enjoyed it today. Uh, thank you very much for listening and remember to come back next time when we will be talking a little bit about my first destination as a digital nomad, which was Mallorca, an island in Spain. Okay guys, have a great week. Thank you for listening and see you next time.